This is Dylan FM, the podcast that goes deep into the work and world of Bob Dylan. If you love Dylan, you're in the right place with your host, Craig Danuloff. Hello, and welcome to season three of Dylan FM. As usual, we're going to focus on a specific era of Dylan for months at a time on this show. And since this is the first show of a new focus area, you're going to hear the complete show here on the public feed. But for most of our upcoming episodes, there will be extended shows available to FM Plus subscribers. Usually these are two or three times as long as the public shows. And there will be bonus episodes available only to FM Plus subscribers. For just $5 a month, and less if you subscribe on an annual basis, you can get the full extended shows and bonus shows right in your podcast app. And subscribers also get everything from all of the other shows on the FM Podcast Network, which includes Pod Dylan, The Dylan Taunts, a cool Steely Dan podcast called Gaucho Amigos, and a bunch of new shows that are starting soon. You can subscribe right in the Apple Podcasts app, or if you listen elsewhere, visit fmpods.com to sign up. Your subscription gets you over 100 exclusive and extended episodes from the FM Plus archives already, There'll be many more subscriber-only shows this year. Plus, subscriptions make it possible for all of these shows to exist. So we really appreciate the support. Dylan in the 1980s, it's become something of a punchline, which is terribly unfair for many reasons. But as he said himself, Dylan is always compared to Dylan, and that's a tough standard to live up to. The guy who made records in the 80s, unfortunately, had to compete with Bob Dylan from the 1960s and the 70s. And then the Bob Dylan who came back the late 90s and became a Nobel laureate. Each of those eras hold masterpiece albums, iconic imagery, and almost exclusively laudatory press. That was not the 1980s. Bob in that time made albums that many people just didn't like. It sometimes seemed that he wasn't trying, or he had lost his power. And he often didn't even look like he was having a very good time. Of course, the world and the music industry were in particular flux in the 80s, and Dylan was in his 40s, not something that rock stars had typically done. He was past protest music, past country. He had already done the reinventions of Blood on the Tracks and Rolling Thunder. Street Legal and the Gospel Years. He had to figure out what to do and where he fit, and people had to figure out how to react, and the media had to decide what story they were going to tell. While Dylan had obviously seen ups and downs before, we're over a decade after the what is this shit reaction to self-portrait as one example, this seemed different. It's now almost 40 years later. And the negative images and unflattering quips about Dylan in the 80s have run nonstop for almost that entire time. But how bad or good were these times really? And how should we think about Bob Dylan in the 1980s from the vantage point of 2024? The decade began with Bob still firmly in the gospel period. Saved came out in 1980 and Shot of Love in 81. 
The gospel period always was contentious, but it had fans and detractors. But at this point, it's been reappraised and reevaluated quite positively by the world at large. Infidels came out in 83 and was deemed a comeback album, receiving glowing reviews in Rolling Stone, and so the decade had started out pretty well. And it ended on a high note, with Oh Mercy in 1989, one of the many Dylan albums again heralded as a comeback, and clearly being the most loved and positively reviewed work he had put out since Blood on the Tracks. It's the middle years, 1984 to 1988, that people really mean when they talk about and think of Dylan in the 80s. Those dark years after Infidels and before Oh Mercy. And that's the period that we're going to focus on for the next few months here on Dylan FM. The series is called The Five Worst Years. And while there's a bit of clickbait in that title, it's not meant as a put-down. But it also happens to be true. Objectively, These are the five worst years of Bob Dylan's career. The albums released in this period are Empire Burlesque, Knocked Out Loaded, and Down in the Groove. Plus, we got the real live album. He appeared in the Hearts of Fire movie, sang on We Are the World, and performed at Live Aid. These are not albums or performances that anyone is putting in the top half of Bob's output, and most would put them all near the bottom. The same goes for most of the songs on those three albums. There are clear exceptions, which we'll get to. But on the whole, there's little doubt that songwriting magic was much harder for Bob Dylan to come by and get control over in these years. Disagree? Take a look. Review the past six decades and find five consecutive years where there aren't highlights that clearly beat 1984 through 1988 and where the output is less enduring or impressive. Something has to be the worst. And these five years are it. But maybe a couple of rough albums and some bad movies isn't the right way to judge half a decade of Dylan's work. There's a lot more there than may appear. Dylan was, in many ways, as busy as ever, and a lot of what he did is pure greatness and widely loved. The Letterman appearance with the plugs, the Petty Tour, songs like Brownsville Girl, Dark Eyes, and Silvio, and others, and great live shows in each of these years. We'll talk about many of those. As well as his participation in the Traveling Wheelberries, Farm Aid, and the kickoff of the never-ending tour. There's a lot of good to be found between 1984 and 1988. The idea that Dylan was quote-unquote bad in the 80s, or even in these five years right in the middle, should end right here. Dark Eyes and Brownsville Girl alone, just as two examples, 
are songs that each have all of the characteristics of Dylan at the height of his powers. What there was in this period was more variance. Bob was not nearly as consistent as he was in the decades before or after, but it's just unfair to say he wasn't, at the best spots, just as good. Let's do a thought experiment. Push aside, if you will, the other 55 years of Bob Dylan's career, and let's imagine that the man who came on stage in the Letterman show with the plugs in 1984 was an unknown there for his public debut. We'll pretend Joker Man was a cover for this exercise. So this is just a singer and some musicians ripping through three cover songs. There's no doubt that that performance would have earned some chatter the next day as strangely powerful and compelling. The charisma, the stage presence, the vocal ability and musical instincts, they're all there, even on some old blues numbers. This is not a guy, at least for those 10 minutes, who is lost or incapable. Then, let's suppose that this guy put out one album. We'll build it out of the best of the three Dylan albums released in this period. Let's call it Empire of the Loaded Groove. It's an eight-song album featuring seven originals, two with co-writers, and one cover. The songs are Silvio, Maybe Someday, Tight Connection to My Heart, Dark Eyes, Under Your Spell, When the Night Comes Falling from the Sky, Brownsville Girl, and Rank Strangers to Me. This is an album you can listen to. There's a link to playlists in the show notes. As a best of the mid-80s for Bob Dylan, it's a pretty great album. The songs are diverse in subject matter, musical style, and feel. They're smart, interesting, and in their own ways have all of the distinction that has always pulled people into Dylan's songwriting and singing. Listen to that album and tell me you wouldn't have played it to death and wouldn't continue to if it were the only album that some guy had ever released. So this guy puts forth an amazing live TV appearance, puts out a very strong LP of original material, and then he goes and stands toe-to-toe with George Harrison, Tom Petty, Roy Orbison, and Jeff Lynne and makes massive contributions, songwriting and singing, to a killer supergroup. All this is not the work of a weak or incapable or nondescript artist. And this is not to mention, of course, the hundred or so live shows that took place in these five years. Many good or great, and many excellent. If these five years were all we had from him, would he still be Dylan? No, but I think he'd be remembered and respected. And back in the real world, this is also the period that gave us Biograph, not a work of this period, but a major event in Dylan's career that unearthed some amazing recordings that we hadn't heard and reminded us and the world just who the hell this guy was when he was operating at full power. The point, whether I've made it here or not, is that Dylan's five worst years are not five terrible years. Over the next bunch of episodes, we're going to look at the albums, events, and performances from 1984 through 1988, 
talking about the work he did and sometimes his transition as a person, an artist, and a cultural figure. Hopefully you can come along with us, not only listening to the shows, but spending some time with Bob's work from the time frame as we discuss it. I know a lot of Bob fans already love the 80s, and this is a chance for us to celebrate them. One of the other cool things that's happening is that Ray Padgett is launching a brand new podcast here on the FM Pods Network called Watching the Covers Flow. It's about Dylan Covers, and Ray's first few shows are going to focus right on this part of the 1980s. So watch for news of that new podcast, and definitely subscribe and listen to the shows as soon as they're announced. To set the stage for our deep dive, let's look at these five years and remember just what happened and when. We all know that Street Legal was 1978, and the gospel years with Slow Train, Saved, and Shot of Love were 79 through 81. Although by the end of the gospel tours, in the live shows, they were largely non-secular, and Bob had found his way back to his 60s and 70s material. But in November of 1981, the touring stops. There's just one live Dylan show in 1982, which was the Anti-Nukes Fest he did with Baez, and none in 1983. 1983 produced Infidels, a great album which was recently expanded with the Springtime in New York box. And that brings us to 1984. Bob Dylan is 42 years old. He steps on stage at Rockefeller Center with David Letterman in March. He plays his first live show in two and a half years in Verona, Italy in May and does 27 shows that year. Empire Burlesque is recorded and the real live album, which was recorded during that earlier tour in July, is released in November. In 1985, we have the We Are the World recording in January, which came out in March, and Empire Burlesque goes public in July. Live Aid happens just a few days later, July 13th, and Farm Aid is that September. And the Biograph Box was released in November of 1985. 1986 saw the recording sessions that produced Knocked Out Loaded. There were several of them in the first half of the year, and the album came out in July. He filmed Hearts of Fire, and the True Confessions tour took place from February with a spring and a winter section of that tour for a total of 60 shows. In 1987, Dylan went on tour with the Grateful Dead for six shows. That album was recorded in July. The Down in the Groove recording sessions happened from February through June of that year, and Hearts of Fire was released in November. He also did the Temple in Flames tour with Tom Petty late that year. 1988 began with Bob's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction in January. In May of that year, he wrote and recorded with the Wilburys, and Down in the Groove came out in May of 1988. The first Traveling Wilburys album was released in October. 
And the Never Ending Tour kicked off in 1988 in June, and he played shows from June through October of that year. Although that's by no means an exhaustive list of everything that happened in those years, it makes clear that Dylan was busy. He was performing, there are about a hundred shows, writing, recording, and releasing albums fairly regularly. The point is, there's a lot to dig into, to remind ourselves of, and appreciate. And that's what we're going to do over the next batch of episodes. So start listening to Empire Burlesque. Check out the show notes so you can listen to the Empire of the Loaded Groove, the greatest hits playlist we've built. Give Real Live a few spins and start on any other 84 and 85 live shows if you have them. We're going to look at Bob Dylan's five worst years, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be great. She turned around, I look at him As he was walking away Saying I wish I could tell you all the things That I never learned how to say He said, that's all right, baby, I love you too But we were tangled up in blue Did you enjoy this show? Then please rate this podcast and leave a review. It really helps. Also, sign up for seven days. Our free weekly newsletter that puts all the top Bob Dylan news and links into your inbox every Sunday. Use the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.